Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our dedicated study entitled D-Wave Quantum Computers. I think I left the quantum out the first time. The CERN Particle Collider and the Mandela Effect. Now, I know I haven't even got into the D-Wave Quantum Computers and the CERN Particle Collider. Um, I decided just to kind of delve right into the subject. And then once we've established there's a problem, which hopefully we've already done that just with part one, then we can start looking at what is the um, what is the source of it because if you're not even familiar with what I'm talking about and I get right into the D-Wave stuff and the, and the CERN, you're going to be like, what, what's he talking about? What do you mean? Why, why is this even relevant? So I, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit guide me just to do this in the right order. And um, I just got a, a video from uh, one of the my listeners that was has been urging me to do the study now listen i've had more requests to do this study than any other in the last three to four years um so that's on me as i said before uh, that i haven't done this sooner uh boy i feel good about doing this now though i, I tell you <laughs> i just feel a lot better about finally getting this thing done knowing that it's needed done so long uh, knowing that this is so not my imagination there's just no way this can possibly be denied at this point and we're starting to see some momentum regarding this this just came out i think it did it's coach dave of past assault ministries now you you know i've if you've been on my email list i've promoted him many times uh does a lot of really grassroots stuff we'll go to like abortion clinics and things like that and and uh uh, protest against some of the bigger social issues and stuff like that. Kind of a grassroots guy. Coach Dave of Past Assault Ministries grapples with Bible changes and Mandela effects. So this is, um, I'm going to go ahead and roll this video here. It's only like nine minutes. And this is from a, a, uh, a Christian that put this out. So you'll hear him first and then you'll hear Coach Dave next. Hey, y'all, uh, friend of mine sent an email um, about Coach Dave. Okay, so this came out April 6th, okay, of this year. Again, there's so many videos on the um, Mandela effect that there's no possible way for you to just go up there and, and research it all because there's so many, it's almost impossible to view them all, and they're coming out with more of these every day. So as the body of work that they're they're amassing, all of these different people doing this, and a lot of them aren't even Christians. I I obviously want to gravitate toward what is the Christian's view on this. I don't really want a, a lot of secular people telling me. I think the secular crowd has has something to offer when it comes to the cause of it, because if they can say, okay, this this is the cause regarding. Um, D-Wave Quantum Computers, CERN Particle Collider. I know Anthony Patch, and, and I've got a lot of his videos locked and loaded. I've got to go back. Like I said, I've been amassing this for three to four years. So i got to go back and look at some of his. My biggest problem with Anthony is that he's a little too smart for most people. I mean, I, he goes over my head. I, I've got a doctorate, you know. I've almost got a double doctorate because I got my acupuncture degree at University of Miami and 
I got my, my doctorate in um, uh, chiropractic back in 93. And then I went on and I was being groomed to train other doctors on how to do clinical nutrition through, through a, a, a technique called contact reflex analysis, which I don't do anymore because it's kinesiology, it's muscle testing. And although there are merits to certain kinds of muscle testing, this type was had a new age component. And at the time, as a baby Christian, I really wasn't aware of that. God ended up pulling me out of all of that. But I was being groomed to actually go do seminars and train other doctors on how to do CRA. And in the process, I studied more clinical nutrition than any other thing I probably put time into. So I've, I've, I probably have, a, I mean, theoretically, I kind of have a doctorate in that too because I know more about like standard process. <laughs> the product line I had to unfortunately stop carrying. Uh, so this guy goes over my head. I mean, I, I'm like <laughs> with Anthony Patch, it's like forget about it, dude. I mean, <laughs> you got to You got to kind of like let's bring it down to a level that most people can understand. And um, I hope I do that with my listeners, you know. But yeah, <laughs> so I'm reluctant to play a lot of his stuff because it's like, oh come on, Anthony. I mean, I can't even understand you, dude. Okay, yeah, you're smart. You're you're a smart cat. You're you're a smart dude. But I mean, come on. Give us a break here. Let's let's make it a little more user friendly for the audience. So anyway, um, let's go back to this, and we will we'll we'll see what this says. And again, this is Coach Dave. And uh, give him a little shout out to this is his channel, Coach Dave Live weekdays seven to eight a.m. So just a little intro on who Coach Dave is right here. Wait a second. I'm going to make sure my volume's up, and let's listen to what Coach Dave is about. Hi, folks. My name's Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. Thanks for stopping by today. For those of you who are maybe not real familiar with me, I was a high school football coach back in the late 90s. I got sued by the American Civil Liberties Union for having prayer with our football team. And after a two-year battle with those guys, I walked away from teaching and coaching. Didn't lose my job. I laid it down and felt called to start past the salt ministries to try to awaken people to exactly what was going on in America. Matthew 5 verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its savor, it's forth good for nothing except to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. And I hope I can say this in a way that you're going to receive it. I see a lot of good for nothing Christianity in America. And I believe that the problems that we face in America are all spiritual problems, they're all moral problems. If we could get the church right, and the church moving in the, the right direction, and the church standing up for the things that matter to the Lord. All right, so that that's his intro. It goes three minutes, but you kind of get the idea. He seems like a really good guy trying to do what God is directing him to do. Um, he's putting this material out there. Uh, get, you know, really good vibes on him in general. So let me try and find... This is the thing I wanted to bring up. His coach here has a little panel of people, and uh, this this he just posted this last month, and they're like encountering the Mandela effect. I, I think it's fairly new to them, and and they're they're trying to get their minds around what this means. And and I do appreciate how open minded he is in this video, and it's about four minutes worth. Let me let me go to it or find it here. Before doing that, let's uh, read his little. Uh, comments under the video truth is unyielding it's not negotiable to many it is a comfort while to others it's intolerant and condemning some say that the truth is subjective but it's like gravity no matter how much we try to challenge or redefine its properties we can't um, 
So that, wait a minute. Let me see if I'm in the right spot. Okay, I wasn't in the right spot, but what, what he said was good. Anyway, here underneath this video, which is Mandela Effect Past the Salt Live, he did on March, uh, March 2nd last month. Uh, the Modern Church is nothing but a social club. The Mandela Effect is when many people remember something, but it didn't actually happen or doesn't actually exist. This could be something like a Monopoly guy. Does a Monopoly guy have a monocle? Uh, in the Bible, there are verses. Many people remember a certain way. We need to understand, folks, we don't know everything. The spiritual depth of our world is so deep, and yet we sit around claiming we know everything because of, quote, science. Science is only a small part of this. And the Bible says that we see through a glass darkly. But then, I believe, when we get to see Jesus face to face. So, listen, even, even with the D-Wave quantum computing and, and the CERN, we're, we're speculating. I do think there's a pretty strong case that that's the source of it. There, But I think really, what we really want to do is boil it down to Satan being the source of this, okay? Through his different, I mean, when the, when the aliens come to us, aren't, aren't they always coming to us offering all the goodies with this? I mean, hasn't that been what, um, like, with the Grenada Treaty when they came and said, okay, listen, you let us abduct a certain amount of your your populace in America, now I know this is going on worldwide, but particularly in America, and we'll give you the goodies. This is what I, I've been told, and I've done a whole teaching on this, just King Grenada, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, and, and um, we'll give you the goodies. So they've got this incredibly advanced form of fallen angelic technology. Okay? They've had access to the heavenlies. Okay, remember, before they were cast down to earth they had access they were in heaven with god so you can't even we, we can't even really envision or imagine what type of technologies they've actually got to pull something like this off so you you can't really think in your normal mind about oh this can't be no well we see through a glass darkly and and the fallen angels and the demons and the devils have that advantage on us they also have the advantage of being invisible you know and you don't know you're, they're there and and there's a lot of advantages that they that they've kind of got on us from that regard verse and faith is the other part and it, so you know all the other parts get their power think a little bit question a little bit and uh, let god bring the knowledge so i find them to be pretty open-minded which is kind of surprising so let me let me go into a little blurb on their little conversation just to, to give you a little insight on what i find interesting is how they're they're grappling with this idea mentally and also you can tell some of the panel are have already decided you know that this has changed they know what it was but here we go so it's called uh the mandela effect past the salt live uh it's uh, coach here and his friends discussing the mandela effect it says here mandela so this was a live thing they were doing called the mandela effect Past the Salt Live. This was on 3-2, March 2nd of this year. This false memories. Uh, listen to this little part right here. Good job of explaining the Mandela effect, I don't think. In fact, I don't want to go in, I don't want to get in too deeply to it now, Mark. But I think it's important that we understand. It's too scary to go in too deep. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what it is. Uh, I mean, I'm no one to judge because, you know, I've been sitting on this for a long time. And again, I've given you my reasons in, in the past. God knows my heart. You know, I'm not saying that I shouldn't have done this a lot sooner, but there were reasons. And part of it was I really, truly 
did not want to be a stumbling block. But it gets to the point where the information becomes so overwhelming, you realize, I'm not being a stumbling block, I'm warning people. I'm, I'm like, there's no way around this stuff, there's no way you can explain this away or whatever. And that was the point I finally got to very recently. And, um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's scary as a, as any type of teacher, pastor that have a following, you don't want to lead them down the wrong path. You don't want, you want to lead them in the wrong direction. And that this phenomenon, many believe that it's out there. JR said to Mar that he'll present some evidence that it's not out there. Yeah, well, there's lots of people who believe... Here's the thing. People that say it's not out there. How do you undo... I know we've just covered a tiny little percentage of some of the changes. Some of the bigger ones. Some of the more ostentatious out there changes that a lot of people could relate to. But there's so many. There's just... You, you can't refute them all it's it's a virtual impossibility because it's not just the bible this is going on 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 every single level in our in our in our worldview every single level the bible's one of them and it's the king james bible that you know seems to be coincidentally enough the one that seems to be targeted the vast majority of the most i wonder why you know if it wasn't a satanic agenda you know <laughs> Uh, I wonder why that would be, that type of thing, you know. So it's obviously a satanic agenda. That they, the scholars in King James era actually wrote, there's some people believe that they wrote the word stuff all over the Bible. They actually believe that, that that was a word chosen and written. And it's been in our Bibles all this time and we didn't notice. Hey, Jared, do me a favor. Go to Webster's 1826 is everybody says we've got a 1611 King James. We've actually got a 1769 King James. Is what the, the actual revision of the 1611 is. And there's a Cambridge and there's an Oxford edition of that 1769 King James. It's a revision. It's not a new translation. It's just a revision. It's more of an update on... Because go try to read a real 1611. I mean, it's about impossible because it's old English. I don't know if you, a lot of you knew that. It's, it's uh, next to impossible. The 1769, you're flash-forwarding, you know, quite a long time, you know, 1611 to 1769. Uh, and of those, I've always recommended the Cambridge Pure Edition is, is I believe, the most accurate of, especially for modern-day King James if you're going to read a King James Bible, that is, and they're very, very hard to find now. They're extremely hard to find. Um, I've, had, I've had so many listeners tell me, you can't even find them anymore. Probably the only way you can get them is used. You know, I've got some here that I bought back in the day. I did a teaching on, um, on that, on um, altered King James 
and you, you could key that altered KJV or something. You'll find it at contendingfortruth.com. I've done so many. I've done like, you know, 2,000 separate parts on teachings, I believe. It's probably around there that it's kind of hard to keep track of them all. But, um, yeah, just so for a little clarification, that's why this, this No Webster 1828 is a better dictionary to define King James Bible words. Stuff is a massive matter, and definitely or a collection of substances as a heap of dust, chipper formed materials, a carpenter joint. Okay, time is stuff. Let me get past this part. Um, just goes into a lot of. He's defining the word stuff in the Noah Webster eighteen twenty eight. Okay, and um, that's what he's doing now. Well, maybe it does. maybe it's not as long as I. <laughs> Seemed like it went on forever when I heard it the first time. So. Let me get past that. Ever since the oldest King James was written, they think that their written Bibles actually said the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. So these people who believe it said wolf shall lay with the lamb or, or dwell with the lamb, those people you're not going to convince. They think it's a, a tinfoil hat thing. Right, right. Okay, J hey, Jared, go back to that, one, that link I just sent you. The stuff. I'm just thinking back. What, no. Now, if you haven't hidden the word of God in your heart, and I don't mean knowing the Bible from to, from back to front, all memorized. And I understand you've got new Christians, and that's not really fair to them, because I haven't even had time to do that. You know, um, I've had more of an advantage because I got you know saved back in uh, start of 1994 around there, and so I've had a lot of time to do that. Not to say I've done enough of it, but it's harder for baby Christians or, or Christians that maybe never, maybe they got saved, but they haven't really, you know, done scriptural memorization, which is pretty common. For them, this is going to be like, well, it was already there. Well, they didn't know their Bible to be really to begin with a lot of them, in all fairness, and, and I'm being as nice as I can. So it's really going to be a lot more impactful, these Bible changes, to somebody that's actually really hidden the Word of God in their heart. And let's say they've been a Christian for multi-decades doing that. It's going to have a lot more impact on them because it's going to be much more apparent. Whereas if you were got to have a baby Christian that just started reading, let's say, the King James Bible and haven't really memorized it, maybe there's whole swaths of Scripture they haven't even read, they're not going to have a clue about this. So bear that in mind, too, as we do this study. The, for them, it's going to be a lot more impactful, the cultural changes, because that's going to ring more true to them because they never read the Bible anyway. And if they're a baby Christian, I'm not condemning them. Or even if they're a, a, a Christian that hasn't done that, I, I, I just don't want to judge. You know, I don't want to judge. I don't, I don't want to judge. I just don't. I don't want to point the finger. I don't want to, I don't want to like, do that with my listeners. I just don't. You know, I, I got, if I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. That's how I look at it. So I don't want to sit around here and say, oh, you haven't memorized your Bible, so you're going to fall away. You haven't built your house on the solid rock of Christ. I am not going to do that. Uh-uh. No. Not going to happen. I am afraid to do that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to condemn my listeners. I'm not doing this study to beat them up. I'm not doing this study to make them feel bad. I'm doing this study because we've got to be warned about this one way or another. And ultimately, I hope this ends up even like the way that we can pre present this is just hoping 
you can see how this is actually confirmed in the Bible. We're, we're going to show you Bible verses where this was, was predicted, this potential for the famine of hearing the words of the Lord, and also just all the stuff it says about the end times. You, there's a lot of verses that, you know, it doesn't say exactly how it's going to play out, but it is a confirmation of the end time delusion. I believe it's part of that. The Old Testament days, they used the word stuff. Genesis 30, whereas thou scratched all my stuff, what hast thou found of all thy household stuff? Yeah, he's reading King James Bible verses, one after another after another, where it says, also regard not your stuff, for the good of the land of Egypt is yours. I don't remember stuff. I do, Stuff? Really? Um, if a man shall enter into his neighbor money or stuff to keep, and it shall be stolen out of the man's house. Again, I really think this is a gigantic demonic way of just not so subtly discrediting the word of God. And, and making Christians say, whoa, okay, if this is happening, I give up. Because we're going to all be tested and tried. We are. I mean, I'm not leaving myself out of that pool there. Okay? Um, all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You know, think not the fiery trial, which is to try you, you know, that verse. I mean, there's all these verses about persecution. And there's, there's, this isn't even really persecution. This is just, do you have your house built on the solid rock of Christ Jesus? And when the winds come and the waves come, and when there's a, and then when there's a, fa uh, a famine of words in the land, and many shall run to and fro and not find the word of God, when that happens, that the Bible predicted in Amos, are you going to fall away? God is going to test us all to see what we're really, if, if we really do have our house built on that solid rock of Christ Jesus. This is part of that. I really believe that's what this is. Um, you know, that's my opinion, but I, I think that it falls under that classification. Genesis 45, 20. Also, regard not your stuff. Exodus, man shall deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep. Exodus. I mean, these verses sound ridiculous. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. It's just bizarre. Six, seven. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. Joshua, even among the stuff. Samuel 10, and the Lord... Answered, behold, he had hit himself among the stuff. Yeah. I mean, when I think of stuff, I think of Oreo double stuff cookies. I don't mean I don't even buy them, but I'm just I'm brainwashed by all the media marketing from growing up and stuff. Double stuff. I mean, it, it's just it it just puts you in light of some kind of like uh, slang type of word, you know, out there stuff. Let me just point out, as you're reading this, there are people who actually believe that these words have been in their own Bibles from the beginning when the Bible was, was actually written and they bought it. They believe it was written this way. They, they can't I, conceive I, that it's been changed through time. They can't just like I, Mark, just like I can't convince somebody that the lion will lay down the land was Isaiah 11. I can't convince them if they right. didn't see it, right? 
Yep. So it's whether it's creating. He's, he thought he brought the lion lead out the land. He can't convince them if they hadn't seen it. Meaning, if they were, let's say they just got saved. Let's be as merciful as possible. Let's say they just got saved. I don't you love mercy though? Don't you love compassion? I saw this video today, and it was this all these people rescuing like dogs and cats out. I mean, like it was in the middle of winter, in like Russia. And and they were um, it was all it was super cold and this one cat this poor baby she was like literally sat there and she was like just sit there she was just shivering she was like a long hair she was really cute and and she had frost all over her little head and she was just sitting there she couldn't move she was frozen to the ground and the guy took some I, I mean I'm sure it wasn't boiling water but it was it was warm water and poured it around her and she was able to and they were oh it's just so cute don't you love compassion i love compassion I, I just oh i love that sorry little side note there it's memory or whatever whatever's going on there uh and guys listen you can google google man get do some research on your own google right. mandela effect this stuff's all over the place on the internet yes jared just got a question then so which which uh which record is the correct record, the memory, or the written. That's why he told us to write the word on our hearts, the fleshly tablets of our hearts. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. He's right. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. If you don't have the word written in your heart, you're not going to have any reference point internally it's what guides your internal compass it should be what's guiding you could sit here and act like a christian all day long but if you haven't hidden the word of god in your heart and you really don't have any concept of it and it's just like the bible just sits there and collects dust then it's not going to help you it's not going to transform you it's not going to change you it's not going to impact your life it's not going to be an internal compass for you if you're just playing church and again i'm not condemning but before, like what he was saying, I didn't even finish that point, was that, okay, he can't convince somebody about the even the lion laying down with the lamb that that was in there if they've got no reference point. Let's say they're a baby Christian, being as merciful as possible. Let's say they just got saved. And let's say they've literally never even heard that. Let's say they've had no church experience whatsoever. Well, you can't really blame them. They don't have any reference point. So... I think it's really important with this to be gentle and not to be like too hard on Christians regarding this. I've had Christians email me and um, interact with me about this subject and they want to like literally roast me over fire for not doing this sooner. And they want to roast other Christians over the fire. And I'm saying this figuratively because... They're not devoting their life to this and they're not like um, all consumed with this. And again, I don't think we should be all consumed with this. This is just part of the end time delusion, but it is, it's a big one. It's a huge one. I just think we need to have a lot of grace and mercy regarding this subject. Um, I understand they could be in total rebellion and they could be hardening their hearts toward this and, and there's there's a time when, you know, you know, you just turn away and, and you've done all you can do and, you know, um, that's all you can do at that point. 
So I think it's kind of different, though, for every person regarding the subject. Because, Jared, listen, this is this is so I, I know we don't understand the degree of this. But we are going to. We're, go, we're going to try to teach the next generation what the Bible says from memory of stuff that we've been taught that we know that the lion will lay down with the lamb. And the next generation is going to say, Dad, you're crazy. It doesn't say that. It doesn't yes. say that anywhere in the Bible. You know what needs to be done? They need to write, the, the, they need to rewrite the King James in the way it was written in the first place. They need to go back, take these Mandela changes as they're occurring. Somebody needs to, com like, there needs to be a little, um, I don't know, a panel of people to have consensuses exactly on what words said what before these changes occurred. And then they need to actually start rewriting. And I don't mean they, mean, mean they need to rewrite the whole Bible. Obviously, this is only like, this is not 1% of the Bible's been changed. This is more like 0 .00, I don't know where it's at right now. But it's not a lot in the grand scheme of all the words of the Bible. It's small. But if that, if there were some type of ministry doing that, I can't, obviously, take it on or build. But I haven't heard anybody mention that. Well, then you could say, yeah, well, they'll just come and change that. Well, what if every time a change is made, it's handwritten? And then, because I've seen people that have handwritten stuff and it didn't change. Those D-Wave computers in the CERN, they can't get to everything. <clears throat> I really, I'm just, all I'm saying is I know God could provide a way. And then they could keep preserving the word of God and literally release every year a Mandela, um, I don't know, Mandela-free edition of the King James Bible, the 1769 revision, Cambridge is the best one. Because that is the 1611, but like I said before, but it's it's the one we have for today. Um, they could re they could release, and then somebody could keep an eye on that Bible. And all of these changes, multiple people would would write down what the actual. So there would always be a handwritten account. Handwritten would be good for the whole Bible. Multiple people that actually, I know people have done that. There's people out there that have, they've written the whole Bible out. I mean, that's had to have happened. There's billions of people. Or maybe there's certain ones that did it, and let's say that they wrote down, I don't know, you could have a compilation of different people. I, I don't know. I don't exactly know. But wouldn't that kind of be logical? So we had a reference point here, uh, a consensus reference point of other Christians to say, no, okay, here's your Mandela Mandela Free Bible for 2019. <laughs> I'm telling you, to, I know it would sell. It would have to sell. Now, what would be really weird is then if you start seeing changes in that. And that would even confirm it even more that this is real. I'm not 100% sure... What if that Mandela free version, let's say arguably for 2019, what if we had a group of, of a, a ministry devoted to that that would also dedicate themselves in prayer that to God that they wouldn't let that happen? Let's face it. 
I would almost guarantee you, unless God had revealed this to somebody ahead of time, and I've never heard about this, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, nobody was praying about, oh God, don't let the Mandela effect happen. Oh God, don't let the Bible Bible verses start changing into different words. No, but that wasn't even on anybody's radar, unless God had literally given them a vision. Now, I'm not saying that <coughs> that can't happen. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not saying that can't happen. Or that didn't happen. But if that did, I don't know if anybody it happened to. And if, it, and if it was, it was like, you know, very, very, very few Christians. But what if in these versions, in, in, in let's say the Mandela Free version of, of 2019, okay, the pure version, you had all these people praying that God would not allow these changes to occur in this Um, I don't even want to call it a translation, just this faithful, true copy of the 1769 revision of the 1611 King James Bible. See, then there would actually be prayer. The, the, the point I'm trying to make here is there, there would actually be prayer regarding that specific translation that God would not let it be corrupted. Because... If you're not doing that, then most likely it is going to get re-corrupted. Because there's no prayer going up about it. That's why this ministry exists. So we're contending for truth and that we're warning others about a lot of different things that most churches won't touch. And because most churches won't touch it, there's very, very little prayer going up corporately in the body of Christ to affect the change. That because that's how God typically works. Is through the prayer, you know, of the Christians to, to, to affect the change. God typically works that way through Christians. I think that would be a really smart idea. I can't see anything unbiblical about what I just said. You know? Especially when you see the changes we're going to be looking at, and you're going to see how flagrant things are getting. We just looked at a few little, very tiny amount at this point. I mean, I feel like something's got to be done. Why not do that? And then it would also make it much easier for other Christians to say, hand, hand them the, 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 for argument's sake, the 2019 Mandela free version. Here's, here's a real what a real King James actually looks like. Let's, for argument's sake, say nothing's. They've caught, they've caught every alteration. They've corrected it. It's in this one. That's Bible's been prayed over. They're not going to alter this one. You hand that to somebody, you're like, yeah, it did say this. For somebody that has a frame of reference, a Christian that did. And then they look back at theirs and they're like, what? It says wolf? Lay down with the lamb? It says stuff? There's so many more we're going to get into. I don't want to give too much away. It's going to help them. It's also going to let them see how advanced the attacks of the enemy have become. So I'm kind of a big picture guy in this regard, and, and I'm just throwing things out there. If anybody wants to get inspired, that's cool with me. <laughs> my, my listener, um, oh man, the guy that wrote that book, it's one of the number one books I'm seeing now on the internet. I'm not taking credit for it. 
but I'm hoping that um, I inspired him. It's called The Judgment of the Nephilim by Ryan Peterson. I just saw L.A. Morzuli interview him the other day, and he wrote me a letter when he sent me this book, and I haven't even, still haven't had a chance to read it. But, I mean, this thing's unbelievable. You don't even need the Book of Enoch anymore to prove Genesis 6 is, is an incursion of giants, Nephilim, fallen angels, procreating with women. Of course, I don't think you know you ever needed it really anyway. The only time I've ever used Enoch is just as a commentary regarding the KJV. I've never said it was canon of scripture, but I mean, man, it's so good to see this this gentleman, a listener of mine, write this book. And I mean, it's it's getting really good reviews on Amazon. It's 443 pages. I mean, it's an exhaustive study on this one subject. It's called Judgment of the Nephilim. Ryan Peterson. Amazing. So, that's what we need to be doing. We, 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 we want to go around inspiring other people, hopefully. I'm not saying it's my whatever baby there. I'm just saying that hopefully this ministry is inspiring other people to do good things and um, Christ-like things. And if they see a need for the body of Christ, kind of like what I just stated, I would say it's a big one. Then, if God gives them that um, that avenue, God gives them that inspiration, if he opens the door for them, if they have that conviction, then go through it. Do what God's called you to do. You know, and just believe that, that he's going he's gonna to provide. So let's go further here. This is almost over. And with technology, you got to think about before there were phones. All right, so essentially, get the idea. They're they're working hard to figure this out. And the thing is, for Christians particularly, this is a tough one. This is supposed to be untouchable, and for them to see things that they know change they've been reading it and it's changed or it's changed right before their eyes as they've looked at it that is unsettling and it's you know it's bad enough bad enough to to see uh, a logo you know some stupid marketing thing change but uh when you see stuff in your bible that you know was there and then it it switched on you no no pun intended with the stuff comment and people are trying to figure that out. So I thought this, I'm going to have to see a few more of their vids as they talk about it and how they, you know, deal with this in their own minds. Uh, it's, <laughs> I feel the pain and and it's it's understandable. But I, I, I really think that these, whether they're somebody like, I don't know what Dave would be called, like a, I don't even know. <laughs> well, I mean, pastor teacher type i'm not 100 percent sure where he's at there but i think it would be very wise for other people that have had their eyes opened about this to when they see somebody like uh i don't know i just call him pastor dave i don't know coach dave when they see somebody like him to encourage him because i'm telling you <laughs> i i um yes i've had a lot of my listeners but a lot of the people that were in ministry that I've um, talked to were, almost all of them were universally begging me not to do this study. They, 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 you know, I'm basically going to hell 
is if I do the study. And it's like, well, okay. So I'm going to go to hell because I'm pointing out obvious things that are happening all over the globe, all over culture, in the Bible, every day, everywhere, and it's getting more so. And I'm going to hell for that. That I'm telling you, that Pastor Lawson, I, I, I tried, I watched that video, it was like a half hour. He didn't refute one thing on the Mandela effect. He didn't really get into one point which is very common, but just basically came to the conclusion because the KJV is uh, has always bore good fruit that this cannot ever be what they're saying with the Mandela effect. And if you believe it, you're a heretic on your way to hell. That's kind of the message I got. You know, that's really nice. That, that's, that's really a good, solid, thank you, pastor, message for that. I didn't know my salvation hung upon if I believed on the Mandela effect. I'm not going to tell somebody that because they believe in flat earth. I can totally refute flat earth, but I'm not going to tell them, oh, you're going to hell. It's a very Baptist-y thing. I'm sorry, but I came out of the Baptist church. I think I'm, I'm, I'm qualified. A lot of pride. A lot of pride. And, and, and when it comes to stuff they don't like getting into, they get all bowed up and mad and sometimes violent. And I've been, in, I've been at the end of their daggers before. I, I have. Many, many, many times. And, um, you know, I just think we need to break out of all the denominational pens. Because there's no Bible for denominations. There's none. There is none. The Bible condemns it. One saith, I am of Apollos. One saith, I am of Paul. One saith, am I of whoever. You know. Is God divided? No, he's not. And start looking at what the whole word of God says, particularly in the New Testament. So, I'll be getting more into those things, uh, as the Lord permits, in future studies. That was interesting. Check out this uh, fella's channel, if you would. And, and please uh, shoot you know, gfox at gmail.com. Shoot, shoot me an email if, um, if you find something interesting that you think I should point out or talk about. Uh, you might find some interesting... Okay, so we have that one, all right? So I, I just threw that in just today because it just came... I just got this. Uh, here's another one. Mandela Effect KJV Bible Changes. In this video presentation, Bill Bean, I think he's a pastor, I don't know, maybe an evangelist, goes over many scripture changes that have supernaturally occurred in the KJV Bible. Please get your own KJV Bible to compare and see for yourself that this is indeed true. It doesn't matter how old your KJV Bible is, it will be altered doesn't matter how old it is. You could have, you know, if, if you're comparing apples with apples, you could take a 1769 Cambridge KJV that came out in 1769, first edition, first right off the printing press, and compared to the one you've got now, they're going to look the same. This has been done through Luciferian technology such as D-Wave quantum computing and possibly CERN. People... People can, can keep denying these changes have occurred all they want, but it will not make it true. So let's listen to this one. This is Bill. Twenty years old. This is Bill Bean. You're, you're hearing him. It's kind of a weird interview. He's they're kind of interviewing him in like a hall as he's walking. So I'm not 100 percent sure why they chose to do it that way, but. 
I can't play the audio that comes after this because it's such a poor quality that you can't hear them. Which really, I don't get that, but it's so bad that I literally cannot play it. But you'll hear, you'll be able to hear this part very, very well. And, you know, when we see changes, and, and you can look, I mean, look at the mileage this Bible has on it. Uh, he's, he's showing you his King James Bible, and it is mega, mega beat up. It travels everywhere with me all over the country, and this Bible is almost 20 years old. And, and when there are changes in my Bible, in my possession, oh, sorry. that defies logic. Logic goes out the window at that point because that becomes supernatural. Because how do your scriptures and your words in your very own Bible, in your own possession change in your home in your possession when you knew that the scriptures read something else now they're reading entirely different in some instances now remember the bible says in second thessalonians that god is going to send a strong delusion okay um he's flat out said that for this cause i will send them a strong delusion that they will believe a lie that they might all be damned to receive not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, I'm not saying that it all hinges on the Mandela effect, but receiving the truth is a very important thing. This is what we're trying to do here. The Bible also says before that, in previous verses, it says, and then there, that there would be a falling away, a falling away of the church, and then that wicked, capital W, will be revealed, the Antichrist. Okay, we're in the falling away. Okay. At the same time, what is causing the falling away? Well, a lot of the, a lot of it's going to be this strong delusion that is in effect now and will be greater. I've talked a lot about how the UFO alien agenda is going to be one of the backbones of the strong delusion. I also see this being a very potential strong backbone. It's, it's almost like this is going to be a separating, one of the many separating tools of God this subject it seems like um and again i don't mean to view it on the salvation standpoint but i'm what i'm talking about is not like well i don't believe it and i do i don't mean like that separating i mean like somebody seeing this and saying i give up i'm done if this is going to happen in the bible the bible says thy words O lord are ever or forever settled in heaven yeah in heaven How do you explain the verse in Amos that says there's going to be a famine in the land for hearing the words of God? They're going to run to and fro and seek it and not find it. Because there's going to be a famine. Well, yeah, but there's millions of Bibles. People could just bury them. Yeah, well, okay. you kind of starting to see that we're going to really have to hide the word of God in our heart and or do something similar to what I suggested. There's some ministry out there that, you know, they're going to have to have deep pockets. Lord knows I don't. So, I mean, they're going to have to have some kind of deep pockets to, to get into this, to do this. And um, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's going to be a considerable expense. And every devil of hell will probably try to fight that, creating a, like, let's say you're Mandela free. You're not infected Mandela, King James 
1769, you know, true, true to the word revision for 2019 or whatever. I don't mean to be flippant. I'm just saying that's kind of what it's going to be if that ever does happen. Can't you imagine every devil in hell will be fighting that? Because, I mean, they're, they're, they're going through all this trouble to try to corrupt the word of God and to try to cast doubt on it and to create this falling away of Christians. The more people fall away, the less people are praying, the more power the devil tends to have. Now, I understand God used a, a very small army with Gideon, and he wanted it that way. Maybe what we're also dealing with now, she separating this out, the, the falling away, seeing as actually really... What is actually gonna what is actually gonna cause you to fall away? God testing you. Is this gonna cause you to fall away? You know, is this gonna cause you to fall away? What what is it in your life that's gonna cause that? You know, and this testing. Which ultimately there's so many Bible verses that you, you can look at where it talks about the pruning and in um you know bringing a vessel fit for the master's use and, and, the, and the pruning of Christians that, that when, when you're getting pruned, it's not fun. Um, when you're being chastened of God, it's not fun, but it's ultimately to bring forth a vessel fit for the master's use, a, a vessel that, that is unencumbered and has laid aside every weight and can now focus on the things of God in the way, in the manner that they should be. And again, I'm not saying that in some kind of condescending way like I've attained, but I don't know. The more I look at this, the more it's like, well, <laughs> everybody's going to have to reconcile with this as a Christian. Whether it's today or whether it's a year from now or whatever. Especially as the changes become more egregious. So just something to think about. And I also have three other King James Bibles. One is a hundred years old. And that sits in the top of my closet in my office. And I pulled that down, and changes have taken place in that 100-year-old Bible as well. So how can this be? How do we reconcile this? And I give Bob credit because, again, um, he doesn't want to... Um, it's not that I'm trying to promote anything to make any anybody fall for anything, because I'm honest and I come here in truth. But... Uh, Bob being who he is, a fact checker, and he always wants to know truth, and he wants to know why things are the way they are. I applaud him for it because he is vigorously searching for these answers, and he's come up with, you know, plausible and logical uh, explanations. Unfortunately, they do not fit what is taking place here. And I can prove it today. And I'm going to prove it today. And furthermore, I respectfully say this. I would debate any pastor, anywhere, any church, anytime on this issue. And it is a major issue. And I think what's taking place, and Bob brought up another good point, and also... I don't think he's got a lot of takers on that, personally, which kind of speaks volumes. Uh, Guy Nelson, who uh, drove us here, brought up very good points about why are people staying silent on this? Where are the religious leaders? Where are the people in the high places? Um, why are they not talking about this? Why are they not screaming from the rooftops about these changes? They're staying silent. And in my opinion, I believe some are staying silent because they don't want to trouble or upset people. This is very upsetting. And maybe they can't reconcile this themselves. 
So I do understand why some are staying silent. I have contacted some pastors over the last uh, several months, and I have to tell you that some, they do not want to hear this. They say the Word of God is forever and it is unchangeable, so that's the end of it. They don't even want to entertain the thought of any type of Scripture changes. And I agree with them that God's Word is forever and God's Word will not be altered. However... When we're talking about God's word in a book that humans and perhaps... Remember, it's forever settled in heaven. That's what the Bible says. So the true word of God is literally, the purest, truest word of God is literally forever settled in heaven. Okay, so that's something to also bear in mind about this subject. The enemy himself who would guide humans in a supernatural way to make changes, it can change, and God is allowing it to change, and I'm going to present this today uh, with scripture from Amos 8, in which God says that a day would come to where a famine would come across the land, and this famine would not be uh, lack of food or water, the famine would be the lack of his word. You will not find it. This is what he says. And I believe it. And I believe we're living it now. That said. And again, how could that be? Well, they'll just confiscate all the Bibles. There's no way they can get them all. There's no way. You can't even find it. I mean, if you bury a Bible, you can't find it with a metal detector. But this is a much more insidious way to create that dynamic that Amos talks about. I, this isn't a doomsday scenario. This isn't the end of the world. This isn't the sky falling. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is beyond a shadow of a doubt, our King James Bibles, and they started with the King James Version of the Bible, they are being supernaturally altered, not Hundreds, but now thousands of scriptures have been altered and continue to be altered on a regular basis. And there are this is ongoing. This isn't something where it's just okay. No, they're they're still discovering them all the time, because this D-wave quantum computing and CERN is still going. And again, I, I can't be a hundred percent dogmatic exactly how it's all happening. We're going to look more at that later, but. For most of the people that I know of that have studied this, that are Christians, that's what they're attributing it to. Other versions of the Bible, like Catholic versions, um, that I have looked at, and some of those have not been changed. I also Ooh. have a Hallman Study Bible, wow, which is an English-translated version Bible on my desk. Why, why would the devil care about the Catholic version, the American Standard? Why would I mean, it's corrupted, you know, really bad, as it is. He's already got them. What one would he want to worry about? What one is the one I've been saying to read all these years? Which, this really validates all the teachings I've done on KJV. I'm telling you, when I was in that Pentecostal church, and a lady gave me a tape on Gail Ripplinger. Now, I don't recommend Gail Ripplinger anymore. She's, whoa, no, I do not. Um, I got a whole file on her. But uh, at the time... She did an incredible tape on New Age Bible verses. Now, I'm not saying that's still not a great tape, okay? I just won't recommend her anymore. And um, 
that totally changed my life. When I watched that tape and I started reading the King James Bible back in, oh man, this was probably like 99, maybe 98. Nah. I think it was like probably 90, early part of 99 or maybe the summer. Um, all of a sudden my eyes got opened to all the heretical garbage that was going on in the Pentecostal church that I was literally blind to before. And I went to the pastor, and I'm like, you know, I understand you can make a case for tongues, but we're not doing it biblically. Everybody praying in tongues at the same time, and one person interpreting when it's like Babel, and all these people, and that's the main way that witches infiltrate churches. They'll go in there and they'll pray in tongues. And um, along with everybody else praying in tongues, and they're literally putting curses upon people. It's the, per it's, it's the perfect meat. Uh, medium no pun intended there it's the perfect avenue for them to uh that's why pentecostal churches are so vulnerable there's just a lot of stuff they do that they're doing unbiblically they can make a case for it biblically but they're doing it unbiblically on as far as the parameters that are laid down in the bible about tongues and as a result they're opening themselves up see those parameters are there for our protection and um, when I got, I, I started going to the pastor about these different issues. Uh, one of them was the King James. They didn't want to hear about that. Uh, one of them was tongues. And I finally, I finally ended up leaving. And I can remember the head pastor who ended up getting in a lot of trouble later. Sex scandal, I'm pretty sure. It was not good. And he looked me right in the eye. He shook my hand because I was one of the main people there at that point. And he said, don't let the devil throw you a curveball. And I looked him right back and then I said, I won't. I don't want to be disrespectful. And um, that church just went through all kind of chaos, splits, scandals. I'm not saying it was the next day, but it did happen. Um, and I took, I think it was like 10 people. I wasn't really trying, but they were part of my bible study I had there and then but you know within i don't know i think it was a couple years they were all back because it's just so carnally um the pull the pull of the flesh in the pentecostal church especially the charismatic one i was in is so great that many can't escape it and like i said i'm not saying everything they're doing is unbiblical but they're typically always doing it in some unbiblical way they've went way beyond the scope and bounds of scripture and, you know, obviously you can, so much of what charismania is, is just insane. So, um, the KJV for me was a turning point. And I never looked back. But out of those ten, it, I was like the only one it stuck on. It, it, like it had that lasting effect. They all saw, I showed them all the same stuff that I saw. They were all in agreement. But within a couple years, they were all back doing what they were before and i mean so without the kjv the devil knows <laughs> uh it's gonna it, it's it's gonna get real dark real quick if, if he can corrupt it now i'm not saying for those that have hidden it in their heart and that type of thing but i'm just saying in general it's not a good trend and those have not been changed. And this is how it's able to... Uh... So these other Bible versions, a lot of the ones he looked at, non-KJV, were not changed. They were like, okay, Catholic one, American Standard. 
okay? What, what, what was that underlying text type derived from? Two corrupt Catholic manuscripts, the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus. It was a byproduct of the revised version of 1881 that the, that the two occultists, Westcott and Hort, wrote. Just like the NIV, the American Standard, same underlying corrupt Catholic text types for both the Old and the New Testament. So it was corrupted from the beginning. The Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So why would the devil even bother going after those other versions that much? There has been some changes in other, other Bibles, but you could still get saved out of an NIV. I did. When I read the book In Route to Global Occupation by Gary Ka, which is the book that basically led me to the Lord, it was all NIV verses. I was still, there's still enough Bible in the NIV to get saved. But that'll probably even change. But the NIVs removed 64,098 words compared to the King James. 64,098 words. Less. Almost 10% of the total text. It was like a tithe to the devil. 10% of the, of the words of, of the 10% less words than the KJV has translated from a corrupt text type the revised version of 1881 which was translated from two corrupt catholic manuscripts by two occultists westcott and hort they were buddies with charles darwin did seances all kind of stuff necromancy and fun stuff like that and one of the translators on the committee was virginia mullencott who was a rabid rabid lesbian was one of the translators on the on the uh niv committee so you can't tell me there's no differences you know um just I'm, I'm just throwing stuff in there to think about as well when i will present this you will see that i actually have the words the real word that was in there previous to these changes and i'll be able to present that oh, because wow. it's still intact there for now ah see he had the real word that was in there previous yeah see that's what we need that confirmation but i really believe that they've started with the king james bibles and it is going to go to every bible yeah. whether it is an niv english translation catholic bible whatever it may be right i believe these changes are going to come and affect those bibles especially if those bibles can potentially lead you to the lord you know, they're, they're going to really probably attack the doctrine of Christ. And, and I would think the, the New Testament would be more of a priority for Satan in that regard. You know, I'm just thinking out loud. Well, why is it happening? In my opinion. Now, I can't prove anything either way. I'm going to present this, and it is up to uh, the people to decide in their minds if it is true to them or not. Now, the good thing is, I will be reading from this King James Bible, I will be reading from my notes there, and the people that come will have their Bibles, and I will ask them to open to their Bibles, to the passage that I'm reciting, and then they will be astonished to see that the words have, in fact, been altered or changed. This is not about trying to tear people down, trying to panic people, trying to depress people. This is about rebuilding people and helping them to come closer to God than ever before. So I want to see people's connection like this uh, with God. I want to see people walking in faith, strength, and courage. When we walk in faith, strength, and courage, 
There is no fear. We eliminate the fear. And when we eliminate the fear, we are armed and dangerous against the enemy and his minions, and he knows it. Yeah, I mean, listen, if this is like scaring you, you're going to get beyond that. Okay? Like when I first started hearing about like martyrdom a long time ago, man, that man, that tightened me up big time. I'm like, man, Lord, I'm like, oof, I don't know about that. Oof, you know, scary, you know, oh boy, great, I'm going to die, maybe, maybe, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, but the Bible does talk a lot about that, especially in the end times, and it's like, now I don't, I don't walk around, it, but that can take some time, though, to get you out of that, so understand something, if you're in that initial mindset right now of just total freak out mode, just it's going to get better, okay? It's going to get better. When you really see the big picture, hopefully, I'm, I'm, I know I'm interjecting a lot, and you're probably sick of hearing me interjecting, but I'm trying to do things to really encourage my listeners and, and also to try to give you the big picture on, okay, listen, it's going to be fine. This isn't the end of the world. This is part of the end-time delusion. It's the part of the, the end-time delusion God said he was going to send. It's probably going to be part of the falling away. It's part of, part of this famine of the words, hearing the words of God, this type of stuff, to, to let it all make sense. And so I truly believe that at this point in time, God is allowing these things to take place as part of the great deception and as part of the ultimate test of faith. God wants to know who is true, who's really going to stand for him. I have a lot to lose here. I have a great reputation. I have traveled and continue to travel around the country. God has worked through me to help many, many people. I have a lot to lose. But God has called me to present this message because it's the truth. The truth is the truth, and there is no substitute for it. Furthermore, the truth is what sets us free. So we will see what the, uh, what the reactions are of the people when they come in. Uh, I'm going to pray that God will bring a covering over everyone and bless everyone and keep everyone peaceful and not panicked about this. And we'll just let God be God and he will take care of it. So, I want to thank you guys for being here with me. And this is really the start of greater things to come. There are now pastors and churches contacting me because they realize they can no longer reconcile this because they're finding more and more scriptures in the Bible that are altered. So now they're calling me to come and speak to their congregations about this. I mean, there's all kind of these, like... All kind of videos that I've seen here where I called my pastor and asked, or I called this pastor and asked him about it. And they, they, they're getting it on like telephone now. Like where they're recording the pastor. And the pastor's like, whoa. <laughs> they're like, they don't know. <laughs> Trying to all of a sudden think on the fly. They weren't even aware of any of this, evidently. And they're caught flat-footed. Basically, every single time they don't have an answer for it, other than there, there's really only one answer: denial. That if if you really want to buck this, just deny it and say that anybody believes in it's gonna go to hell. Which again was like the video I listened to the other night of Pastor Lawson, which really was disheartening, really was 
disingenuous, if you ask me, and very disheartening and very unchristian, if you ask me. You know, hey, listen, he said that stuff, so I have a right to say the little amount that I just said because I could get a lot more heated on that one. But um, that's all I have for part two, and we will go to part three next.